0: The future, a relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war with the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground Are you in the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots and it must succeed.
1: Hey, it's Jim. It's George and welcome to Crispy Coated Robots episode number 67. 67, 67 episodes. 67 wow. episodes. Uh, and today it is best sitcom moments or episodes, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. And best gum. I know this is the show that people have been waiting for. Best gum. We're going to talk about gum. I hope I'm not messing up your list today, Jim, but no nicotine chewing gums. Okay. All right. Gum with a a purpose. No, that would say
2: a lot as far as if I, all my gums were, you know, uh, the nicotine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Uh,
1: This is gum uh, for enjoyment's sake. Let's say it that way. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, 19th century American scientist, inventor, uh, Thomas Adams is recognized as the founder of the chewing gum industry. Uh, He was actually working for uh, a Mexican leader. He was secretary to Mexican leader Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana, uh, who chewed a natural gum called a, a chicle. Have you ever heard about this?
2: Uh, a, a chickle, I mean, that's where they get chicklets That's from, where right? they get chicklets, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So at first, Adams uh, tried to, they actually tried to make it into... It's so all uh, making it
2: sense. Wasn't there an Adams gum?
1: Um I don't, don't think cough drops. I'm sorry, I'm confused. I, I don't think that was the same <laughs> thing. But he, he tried to make it uh he was trying to get a different type of rubber to be used in tires, but that didn't work at all. So eventually he made the gum, like you said, called chiclets. Mm-hmm. And then William uh, w- uh, Wrigley built a chewing gum factory in Staten Island in nineteen oh nine and uh with a local chemist, uh Louis Dreyfus, they joined up together. Not that Dreyfus. I know, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Uh, and, but, uh, you know, the, the chewing gum industry last year over 33 billion US dollars spent uh, globally for chewing gum. Wow. So, It's going to be a good show, Jim. It's going to be a great show because we're also doing the best sitcom
2: episodes of all time. I am in pretty much, uh, that's my go to for TV. I love drama, but sitcoms are my top, my comfort food of TV. I could watch, even not, even, you know, there's some that don't have like a great episode, but they just got a nice little feel to them. I could could watch King of Queens and just kind of keep, you know, kick back and, you know,
1: like a a warm, safe uh, blanket. I can't really,
2: yeah, I can't really point out an episode of that show but i just like to have it on for some time for some reasons but there's some the shows that have taken the sitcom to an art form and some episodes that i rewatched over and over again because they were so good almost like their own little 30 30 minute masterpiece
1: i, I agree and that's what we're focusing on today is not the best sitcoms but the best sitcom sitcom or sip sitcoms yes. sitcoms uh, sitcom episode yes. uh, so and and I wanted to ask you because it wasn't clear on the uh, thermal facts that we got from the future uh, is this exclusive to American television or it could be
2: British I mean it could be anything that's kind of on. so
1: my television uh, sitcoms from Spain that those are those are good I can do yeah it. I guess so okay
2: so the, yeah I mean anything anything that fits
1: Okay. I mean, uh,
2: is if it's a twenty-three minute thing with commercials, or it's a thirty-minute show that it's on Netflix that qualifies as a sitcom. Okay, it can go in there. All it right. could be anything from you know now to the beginning of TV, and some of my entries are from the beginning of TV. <laughs> I, I think
1: I have one or two of those as well because so. it's
2: it's almost like with sitcoms too if they know a, a formula that works. Yeah, uh, they'll go back and you're like, wasn't that an old episode of so and so? But you know they did a new sp- a spin on it.
1: So, uh, so jump in. What, so, what's your number five?
2: My number five comes from Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is the uh, Larry David yes. sitcom on
1: HBO. Yeah, <laughs> this were, is a guilty were, pleasure were of mine.
2: You, were you doing an impressionation? Or are you trying to do one? Or
1: no, I uh, I'm I'm glad you know Larry David. Th- these shows, uh, I love them but I feel guilty for loving them because he is yeah. such a bad Especially character. this episode
2: that I picked for my number five, which was a great episode I rewatched a couple times because it has so many. So, and the good thing about his sitcom is, you know, you have you know, like sitcoms back in the day, like, you know, I think one Ozzie and Harry description was Ozzie loses his rake. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there, that was But this is one is called Palestinian Chicken. I don't know if ah. you've seen this episode, but basically uh, Larry David, who plays himself, and uh, Jeff, his lawyer, uh, you know, they actually uh, go to this restaurant, this Palestinian chicken restaurant they love, although of course Larry is Jewish and there's been you know a lot of protests back and forth because of this this uh, restaurant. but that's one of the layers. The other layer is he becomes a social assassin. he's one of these guys that can tell people. They're doing yes. stuff in public. Don't do that. It's it's not like the one lady keeps on saying saying L O L. You know, she's like, he's like, Don't do that. You yeah. know, his, <laughs> his 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 uh, friend uh, you know pays him, you know, they get an accident and he says, I'll I'll let it go away as long as you just tell her that LOL is not cool to say out loud. So he does that. He tells but the the whole thing about this episode, everything kind of All these layers come together, and I'm just like, man, the writing on this thing is pretty amazing. They have a whole golf, golf uh, undercurrent where their foursome is in a uh, a tournament they never won before. So all these kind of things are playing each other. I don't want to spoil the episode, but if you want a episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm that wraps up the show and gives you those layers, of course he's responsible for Seinfeld. So everything is in the writing. Everything is not lost. All the words kind of mean stuff. So, uh, Palestinian chicken is my number five from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Did you see this episode?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Because uh, uh, what is the Jewish comedian uh, that's kind of a, a side friend? Uh, uh,
2: well, Bob Einstein, who's uh, Super Dave. Who yeah. Funkhauser. Yeah. And, uh, you know, or Jeff Garland. His,
1: uh, always wears black. Oh, uh, uh, Richard Lewis uh, is yeah. in there too. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. in the golf thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All of these shows, and you're right, it's a marvel of writing. So whenever he left Seinfeld, there are some really great Seinfeld shows. uh, But these shows, I'm curious to know, does he write, does he reverse engineer it because of the way... That you know, in other words, write the the finale, the final scene, the gut punch. Yeah, because
2: most of it's kind of like you said, improv.
1: And, and you know? then it comes back into that. Uh, I think it's like this know.
2: needs to happen here in this scene. This yeah. needs to happen in this scene. You get some real funny stuff. And the thing I like about it too, I think that one of the, the the many aspects of this episode is he falls in love. This well doesn't fall in love, but this Palestinian yeah. woman is attracted to him. They actually get together. And he likes, he's turned on by the the fact that she thinks he has no reason to exist. He says that's a turn on, (laughs) (laughs) that she hates him so much. (laughs) It's a turn on. But anyways, so many layers to this one. I would check it out. It's called Palestinian Chicken from 2011 Curb Your Enthusiasm. One of my
1: favorite, uh, I know we're off topic here sort of, but one of my favorite, secondary characters is the guy that's living in with him uh, the, oh, uh yeah <laughs> he's hilarious uh, jb Smoove, who plays yeah, yeah leon yeah. leon yeah oh it's it's great stuff <laughs> good stuff uh all right so Same palestinian pal. chicken number five number five what's your number five uh, so i'm going way back you talked about the the early years of sitcoms and stuff i'm going back to 1952 for the i love lucy episode where it's entitled Lucy. Does a TV commercial. This is on my honorable mention. Uh so this was in the first season, episode number thirty, which thirty episodes you know in a season. That's a Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Uh, and if you've ever watched any of the shows, you know the the character that Lucille Ball plays. Uh she always wants to be a star. Okay. <laughs> so when her husband, played by Desi Arnez, uh and her husband in real life, uh, but uh portraying ricky ricardo when he doesn't let her do a tv commercial she kind of takes matters into her own hands and kind of plays dirty because when the call comes in for the actual actress to do the commercial lucy tells her oh it's been filled okay and then of course she shows up in uh the commercials for a medicine okay do you remember the name of the medicine vita Veg Med. i
2: can't i'm saying it like lucy is now because i can't remember it
1: uh and she's got to take this medicine through the course of the filming, but it contains like 20% alcohol, <laughs> okay? So the more takes, and and part of the fun with this is you know what's happening and what's going to continue to happen, and then it delivers that. Because the more takes that she makes, she has to drink this substance every time and becomes a little more and more in, inebriated. Uh, and the speech that she gives becomes more loose and more slurred and the more times she does it the hiccups the facial expressions until finally the final take she just chugs the bottle you know but uh this scene uh, has been a roadmap for female comedians in fact uh you know the actress laura dern she owns the yeah. dress worn oh wow. in this so wow. she she got it at an auction and uh Kind of inspired her. I don't know if you've ever seen um, her in the HBO series Enlighten. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Amy Jellicoe. Uh, so, not that she's trying to per- portray Lucy, but, you know, just uh, when you think about what was going on in the world in 1952 and female comedians, you did not have them. You didn't have Carol Burnett. You didn't have, uh, I mean, on TV like this. Uh, but it really goes to show. That the series transcends generations uh, because it's still one of the most popular sitcoms, episodes, popular with me. And uh, it's it kind of in the hall of fame of, of comedy uh, with this.
2: Oh, yeah. A yeah. close
1: runner-up, because I was on the fence, there's the one where she's in the chocolate factory. That's another one, too.
2: You have the conveyor belt. You've been copied by numerous sitcoms yeah. after that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely uh, Definitely one that's on, on my honorable mention list, which is very long, by the way. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, on to gum. My gum is the first soft bubble gum created. It was introduced in 1975 by Lifesavers. Apparently, a homemaker in Missouri Mm. made it, uh, called it rubber bubble gum, gave it to her son to pass out to her friends. She actually sold the recipe to Lifesavers, and it became Bubble Yum. Bubble Yum? Yes, which, uh, you know... Before bubble bubble gum, there was things that I had like as a kid, like at the uh, the ballpark. Bub's daddy was something too, where the gum was really hard and you had to chew it into like you know in softness. Make you work for it. Yes. Uh, also, Bazooka Joe was another gum that was really hard that you know came with a comic and everything. But Bubble Yum was the first soft gum, and uh, the original flavor yeah. is always the best. But they have grape and some other stuff too. So yeah. I remember yeah. when it came out, uh, and I remember that it was like a big deal, and it's still a big deal. I mean, if I want gum like gum with sugar that that I can go to and say, "All right, I'm gonna splurge." Bubble Yum is
1: my number one. Gum. That's that's you splurging. That's me
2: splurging. You know? I'm gonna go
1: buy some gum. Well,
2: usually it, it'll be something later in my list, but you know, because you want to you know keep the sugar down. But Bubble Yum, you want full blown out gum, is the one. That's a,
1: when you're committing, committing uh, to gum. Uh, yeah, bubble gum. that's their new slogan. <laughs> Commit to the gum, <laughs> crispy er- coated robots uh, endorse bubble yum. That's so. right. So my number five, uh, this came out in the early 1960s from the Beechnut uh, Company, Fruit Stripe. This is my number four. Oh yeah, 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 right. yeah we got Fruit Stripe gum. It's also
2: mentioned a bunch of rap songs, especially by uh, Beastie Boys, like Fruit Stripe gum. But, of course, I guess the big thing was they had the zebra. Remember they had the zebra? Yeah, that, do you remember his name?
1: No. Okay, Yipes. I just learned today the name of the zebra. Uh, from and me. and he wasn't the original mascot. They had a bunch of different mascots, but but he was the one that just kind of locked in uh, Yipes. And uh, so this gum, amazing, strong flavor, right?
2: Yeah, were well, you more attracted to lasted, the look of it or the actual taste of the it? The taste you first
1: was fantastic. Yeah lasted for about 10 seconds (laughs) right
2: (laughs) i guess that's why i'm saying when you attracted more to the look of it because i always remember remember it it being great
1: but like you said it didn't last it did i I mean it was a powerful burst of flavor and then i mean maybe a minute later it it was gone but uh it was worth it the individual pieces like you say they they had these stripes marked on them packaged in the zebra stripe striped wrappers. And you could actually use those as temporary tattoos, the wrappers. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? But the flavors, you had five flavors. Do you remember all of those? That were in on each piece or different flavors? No, you in the pack. Oh, in the
2: pack. There was lemon. Right. There was uh red, which I don't know
1: what red was but cherry. Cherry. Yeah. Uh there was green which was lime. Uh or... Melon. Melon. Yeah. Okay. Technically melon. The other two uh, I don't know. You had orange and peach. Oh wow. So uh do you remember though Years later, during the seventies, they came out with chocolate stripe. It was. I might have tried that and it might have been quickly. Discarded. It was disgusting. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I was it, it fudge was gum or something like that. Well, it was it was same thing, oh, and it fruit, was okay. it was yipes on the on the, uh, the zebra on the thing. Okay, but uh, yeah, it was chocolate gum, and uh, I kind of remember this now. It's all flashing back to me. Yeah, well, and I think it was terrible. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it was weird. You don't want. A piece of chocolate that you can't basically swallow you know it was it was a weird sensation Yeah. okay uh, so but uh anyway fruit stripe gum going to the future yes
2: it is isn't All that right. exciting so uh next episode what do you got on now to number four mine is from yours was classic tv mine was four years later from 1956 the honeymooners the ninety nine thousand dollar answer which was an episode where Ralph Cramden, who uh, was played by Jackie Gleason, who was a uh, bus driver, you know, always that guy with the rich streams, and it never, that was the ongoing gag with the Honeymooners. He always had a get-rich scheme, but it never worked out for him. Um, and, you know, it's one of those ongoing ga- gags in sitcoms that always work, like people seeing, uh, you know, Uh, Herman Munster for the first time and running out. For some reason, I always think that's funny. I don't know why. (laughs) But uh, Ralph is out to prove to Alice that he's a smart guy and the neighborhood becomes a contestant on a hit television game show. And um, it's the $99,000 answer. And he's just started his thing. He answers a question right and they take a break. He has to come back next week. So his category is to name songs and songwriters. So we have this whole week of him renting a piano and having Ed Norton play the songs and him yeah. naming the songs and everything. <laughs> uh, so Ed Norton, uh, played by Art Carney, uh, amazing comedy team, would, would, would every time he played the piano, he'd have to warm up by playing a song with Swanee River. You know, he'd, he'd do this whole like, dun-dun, dun-dun, dun and he'd play the song. And Ralph gets mad. Why do you have to do that every time? So, the big gag yeah. in the show is when he actually gets to That's the, the song gets yeah. to the answer he, It was like, "Who wrote Swanee River?" <laughs> and the look on Gleason's face with yeah. <laughs> and then he says, "Ed Norton <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it's one of the classic uh honeymooners of all time when you know uh like I said, it's pretty much an ongoing gag. Ralph finds a way to try to make it big and be famous and stuff, but it always gets derailed um this is one of my favorite though to see him actually uh have it it it's almost like a curb you know it has the the writing works at the beginning something going on ongoing joke going and then
1: they seed it as they go along and you don't realize oh this is going to be an important element like like him doing his warm-up yeah that why is that going to be an important (laughs) element later and yeah
2: for the answer who wrote Swatty
1: river i always wondered um if Fred Flintstone, the character of Fred oh, yeah, Flintstone, was, yeah. was based on pretty much yeah, yeah. Uh, on him, yeah. not that Barney Rubble was Ed Norton, uh, Ed Norton, uh, <laughs> it is Ed Norton. Um, what am I thinking of? Uh, you thinking about the actor Ed Norton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Ed Norton. That's his name. That's the other's yeah, name. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. That's that's really weird. Uh, so that's a good one. Yeah, the from ninety-nine thousand dollar answer. Yes, from nineteen fifty-six, The Honeymooners. Very nice. So my number four is from The Office, the U.S. version of The Office in 2008 called Dinner Party. Okay. Have you seen this? I've seen this one, yes. So interestingly, this show spends little to no time at the uh, Dunder Mifflin Paper Company office as it normally does. Okay. Uh, But Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell and his girlfriend Jan, uh, uh, which is... uh, uh, what is her name? Melinda Mal- Harden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they're a couple. Okay, but they're kind of on, on the outs. Sort of. They trade these snide remarks about how she she was his boss. Now she's unemployed, uh, and her making he makes fun of her. Candles, you know, scented candles and
2: <laughs> yeah, she's basically taking over to his apartment when the door, you know, he everything, yeah, he, everything he's got
1: his, she's got nothing else to do. Everything in his condo are pretty
2: much, you know, he's been relegated to a small TV and all that stuff. Oh,
1: I love I love the plasma TV. Check out my plasma TV. <laughs> and it's it's so tiny. Yeah. But the office crew, the the members of the office are there as dinner guests and it is so cringeworthy for them to watch the collapse of Michael and Jan's relationship it's happening right in front of them no one's surprised really but to be trapped in the midst of this thing while it's unraveling is incredibly uncomfortable even for the office uh which is that just that cringe that they always have on on every episode so they they just kind of watch in stunned silence uh so I, I have some friends and colleagues that can't watch The Office because it just... is too cringy? It's too cringy. It, it's too cringy. Yeah. This would kill them. This would push them over the edge because <laughs> this, as funny as it is, is difficult to... And, and the thing is, you know these are characters, these are actors, but still, it just kind of gets you in the gut. and uh, And it's hilarious at the same time, so very... Very bittersweet, but the dinner party from the office. All right.
2: There we go. We're moving on. My uh, number four gum was uh, fruit stripe gum. So, George, you're back up again with your number four. All right. Gum, what you got?
1: So, uh, this gum is chiclets. Okay. Uh, it dates back to 1900. Okay. My favorite is the, the tiny size chiclets. Oh, the, there are the, the little the- yellow packet.
2: The chicklets one are pretty much tooth size, the, the, regular, one, the yeah. regular ones. The regular ones. I used to put them in as a gag, you know, yeah. two-front
1: teeth thing. That's what you're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, those are you. Those, those are two. my real chicklets, oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was first introduced to it as a young boy in the tiny little yellow packet. Uh, they actually call it tiny-sized chicklets. <laughs> and, uh, because they have the, – the regular chicklets are just white, but these are like neon colors. And um, – the taste lasts a little while, not not too long, but uh, the the name chiclet uh, is actually, it, it's derived from the Mexican Spanish word chicle, which originates from an Aztec word that basically means sticky stuff. Uh, so yeah, sticky stuff, chiclets. <laughs> chiclets. But uh,
2: chiclets. All right. So let's do our number three TV episodes and then we'll move on to a little bit of a break. Uh, we did a whole episode on this show. Uh, you can check it out in our back catalog, the best episodes of Gilligan's Island. And my number three, it comes from 1966, an episode called The Producer. Oh, yeah. Where Phil Silvers and his uh, Harold Hecuba, the producer, ends up on the island and still doesn't lose any of his Hollywood attitude on the island. Ginger's trying to actually uh, impress her with her acting techniques, uh, but he's not impressed. Uh, so they actually... Rewrite Hamlet and do a musical of Hamlet to get Herman Hecuba uh, to see Ginger's talents, and you get this hilarious version of Hamlet to be oh the question. And then actually, I think the only record they have is Carmen.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you have Gilligan uh, the the whole the Hamlet thing, and I guess at the end the whole um, the whole thing is. Uh, that Herod he- Hecuba gets jealous. It's a great project. He he leaves the island without saving them because that's the ongoing gag there, of course. People come to the island, but they never save them because of some reason. The reason is the Hamlet musical is too good, and he goes and sells it and makes a bunch of money on the musical written by Gill and- Gilligan in the castaways. <laughs> yep. So, But you have Phil Silvers. Phil Silvers, you know, and some great lines from this one. Uh, just f- for your knowledge, Hamlet was played by Gilligan, Claudius played by Thurston oh, yeah. Howe, Gertrude by Mrs. Howell, Ophelia was Ginger, Polynes, I, I'm not, yeah, was the skipper, and Laertes was Mary- Marianne.
1: And didn't Gilligan have like uh, facial hair, like a beard, <laughs> like a goatee kind of thing?
2: Yeah. So it, uh, it it is it is one of the great episodes, and I think I mentioned it too on our Gilligan's Island show. If you're really into Gilligan's Island too, I would check out that particular show. But uh, there it is, the producer from nineteen sixty six, and with this show too. There's probably about five or six episodes that could have made my, episode, uh, made my yeah. list, but you know, we actually have a whole
1: episode. Yeah, uh, that and uh, worst, best, worst insects. Yes, <laughs> anything with a stinger.
2: Yeah. (laughs) so one of my favorite lines from it too is harold hecuba was like uh, quiet quiet if i say if i say you're an actor you're an actor and then gilgan says okay i'm an actor he says believe me you're no actor (laughs) (laughs) great great stuff but uh, what is your number three
1: number three show number three episode episode okay uh this is a friends episode the one where everybody finds out Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, received three Emmy nominations. It's the 14th episode of their 15th season. So they've been doing it for a while.
2: 15th season? Uh,
1: Fifth season. Oh, okay. I was about to say. The 100th 100th season. Sorry. (laughs) Getting excited about this. Uh, But this is where uh, Monica and Chandler, they've been dating, and it's been a secret. And they basically, it, it gets brought out. Uh, when the other members of the group see the couple making out from an apartment across the street. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that know the show, uh, Ugly Naked Guy's Apartment, he (laughs) sublets it, and uh, Ross basically buys the apartment, and they're over there checking out the empty space, and they see Monica... Uh, and Chandler making out. So.
2: Yeah, because the only one who knows, from what I remember, was was Joey, right?
1: Oh, and it's killing him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, Aah!
2: you
1: know. <laughs> but then when when they see it, they're like, Joey, we 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 can't tell Ross because he'll just flip out, you know. And so there's a side gag, kind of the cherry on the cake. Ross has been dealing with these anger man and management issues. Okay, and in the end credit scene, he's showing his part apartment off to his new boss to to convince him that. He no longer suffers from these issues, anger management issues, and he looks across and he sees Monica and Chandler through the, winder, w- winder, through the window, window, <laughs> through the window, and uh, and just goes berserk. <laughs> Get off my sister, you know, and uh, and that's how it ends. But uh, it's a it's a great show for um, episode for those that love those characters and everything because you you finally get to see some fulfillment of, of some things. But uh, 1999, w- the one where everybody finds out. Very nice. So that's friends. And
2: now time, my friend, for a chance to uh, listen to a great um, intermission here. We have steam train locomotives. And we are back. From the train, as we do our episode today, choo, choo. best TV sitcom episodes and best gum. My number three gum is extra sugar-free gum by Wrigley. Uh, particularly, the watermelon flavor is great, but they have bu- bubble yum, bubble yum, bubble gum, classic bubble, tropical berry. The good thing about it is it's sugar-free and it actually tastes good. So back,
1: back to the sugar, I never even consider sugar when I'm chewing. It gum.
2: seems like doesn't it seem like such a little
1: bit of sugar? You know, chewing gum unless you put the whole pack in your mouth. Well, that's the way I do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is your? If we're, number?
1: if we're gonna do this, let's do it let's right.
2: Let's Do it. Yeah, let's just, don't ruin, all, my, don't ruin eight, my number
1: one. What is all your eight pieces? What's your number three? Don't ruin your number one. How yeah. is putting the whole pack in my mouth? Uh, just, uh, just go ahead
2: and do your number three.
1: All right. This is a gum that squirts in your mouth. Oh, okay, boy. freshen up. Uh, I remember this. They still sell this. They, they actually stopped selling it in two thousand nineteen.
2: Really, just recently? I thought I, it was like the seventies. I don't, I don't know
1: why. Uh, I don't know what they're like. Okay, that's it, boys. We're we're, we're <laughs> no done. No one wants
2: gum that squirts in their mouth that's anymore. It.
1: We're all done with that. Uh, but it, I mean, it's a, a Brazilian uh, company launched it in 1975, so had a pretty good run. Uh, it's got the flavored gels uh, inside, and um, you know the whole promotion. The gel center, a burst of flavor. And you had cinnamon, peppermint, uh spearmint, and um, and then bubble gum. Uh I was more of the spearmint uh thing, I think. Uh, but uh I remember when this came out, it had like a little bit of liquid in there, and you would gush down and uh you know, or I mean you would bite down and it would gush out. So freshen up. No more, Jim. Gum of the past. Oh man. That's
2: terrible. And it's on your list too. Um all right, so we're on now to the TV episodes. And my number two comes from the TV show Taxi, which was very uh, critically acclaimed. didn't last as long as I thought it would, but, uh, uh, you know, it has a great cult audience and basically about a, a bunch of cab drivers in New York City, and we see their stories on. they're trying to, you know, move on from being a cabbie. I think the only one who's really a cabbie is uh, the Alex Rieger character by Judd, uh, I was must say Judd Nelson, Judd Hirsch. Uh, great character, but it also shined up, uh, upon Andy Kaufman, you know, the uh, much acclaimed comedian now after Lodka. the movie. Uh, his, his, uh, his character Lotka, you know, from another country. Th- later in the seasons, this, one, this episode's from 1981, Lotka had multiple personalities. There was a uh, great episode where he takes upon the uh, uh, personality of a swinger, Vic. So he's kind of like this cowboy. Hey, Vic Vic Ferrari was his name. So there's an episode. (laughs) This episode is called Mr. Personalities, where they actually go to a therapist to take this on. And when they go to the therapist, Alex Rieger brings him there, Judd Hirsch. And he ends up at the end of the session turning into Judd Hirsch. So basically, he is Judd Hirsch an entire episode. Uh, He's Alex Rieger and Kaufman pulls it off. Judd Hirsch is so upset because he's a better Alex Rieger than yes. he is, <laughs> and everybody's getting advice and, and getting stuff from Lotka. And the one great uh, thing at the end of the episode is we have this kind of whole monologue from Lotka as Alex Rieger, uh, who talks about how he's figured out his life, and it was one simple thing. And of course, when he's about to mention that one simple thing that he had to concentrate on, he turns back into Lodka, yeah. and then you have Judd Hirsch. No, 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 no! no what is it? Thank you very much. <laughs> Because be- before he turns into to, uh judd hershey's telling a story about a cow and so and then he comes back and there was a bad the cow <laughs> so the whole thing uh plays off and it's just the wonderful writing of taxi there could have been multiple episodes from this show including the uh, any episode with reverend jim especially the driver's license episode when they first find reverend jim uh but i chose this one because it really kind of shows the strength in the writing and the, the building up of uh of the characters and and uh just, I just, uh, want a flawless episode I watch over and over again. Mr. Personalities from Taxi from 1981. On to you,
1: George. Okay. Uh, so, episode, right? Yes. All right. So, this is... Oh, let me put this on here. All right. He's putting his
2: episode on. He was confused. Episode or gum? I know. It's tough. TV or gum?
1: Could be the same thing. Uh, I'll take... Uh, I'm putting your Mr. Personality okay, on there. Okay. Cool. Okay. Go uh, ahead. So, this is the 11th episode of the 4th season or 400th season of of Seinfeld in 1982 called The Contest. The honorable mention for me? Yes. So the gang, and I don't want to be careful how I talk about this. Uh, the gang partakes in a contest of self-denial. <laughs> it, yeah, that's good. It, okay. So a little backstory. The, the characters on the show went through kind of a transformation, the four major characters. Uh, so, they changed from being sympathetic characters that we rooted for into kind of these narcissistic jerks that we kind of guiltily followed. Okay. What really what curb is all about. Okay. Uh, curb your enthusiasm, but the the show was right on the cusp of that transformation. Um, and kind of foreshadows more of that narcissistic thing that would drive later episodes. But the plot of this, the four of the main cast, Jerry, George, Kramer, and Elaine, they make a bet to see who can go the longest without self-satisfying themselves, okay? Uh, and Jerry and Kramer, they're tempted by some nameless naked woman seen through <laughs> an apartment window across the street. Hey, kind of like the Friends thing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Elaine fantasizes about John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, who she saw like, at uh, the workout. Right, yeah, which yeah. you never see on screen. You see the back of somebody and they say that it is, you know, him, which was funny because um, people actually talked to John F. Kennedy Jr. and said, oh, that was cool that you were in that episode. (laughs) You never see his face. You just, you know, you see this person's arm. Uh, So while George, he struggles, and this is the the weirdest one, with being to remain master of his domain. Yes. Okay. Uh, is what they keep saying when he sees a silhouette of a woman in the same hospital that his mother is in uh, hospital room, getting a sponge bath behind the screen.
2: Yeah. And the reason she's in the hospital is it kind of, because sp- she called him. Yeah. That started the whole episode and that's the, when the bet begins. That, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So she catches him in the act of
2: faints or whatever she does. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, falls down. And, but uh, Larry David uh, was given an Emmy award for outstanding uh, individual achievement uh, in a series for this effort, they never actually use the M word. Uh, they just kind of have this innuendo and it's genius. The audience knows exactly what's going on. And again, they, they keep referring to, you know, are you still master of your domain and everything? But, uh,
2: if they weren't, they show them like sleep peacefully. (laughs) That that was like when the contest was broken. Yeah.
1: And I remember Kramer, he runs out of the apartment. Yeah. And like 10 seconds later, comes back and just slaps his money I'm on the out. table. Yeah. I'm out. You know. <laughs> Good but, stuff. Uh, the contest.
2: All right. So we are now back to gum. Uh, and my number two, I believe we were to number two, right? Yeah. Is juicy fruit gum. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the reason I That's chose my that number two. It's number two too. For you. the thing about it was is when I had Wrigley's gum, I think my parents only bought the spearmint stuff, you know, and I was like, oh, I don't like that. You know, as a kid, sometimes our tastes for mint are not as strong as they are when you get older. But, you know, let's try this one. Juicy fruit. Yeah, this one tastes like fruit. This is good. We don't know which fruit. I mean, it's a mixture of fruit, I guess.
1: Well, it's it's uh, pineapple and banana.
2: Oh, you know, well. I think it's got its own flavor. I Whatever
1: whatever they try to put well, in the that's what they market it as. Yeah, yeah. Pine- pineapple and, and banana.
2: But, uh, you know, uh, this is my first kind of sweet gum that I got. And, and yeah. a little bit, uh, you know, retroactively, I uh, have a little bit of soft spot for juicy fruit. And... Um, that's pretty much
1: it I got, unless you wanted to... Uh, yeah, it's been around since 1890. Whoa, uh, whoa, And it's the, probably out of all the gum, it's the brand name recognized by 99% of Americans. Yeah. I don't know about you listeners overseas, in Europe and, and beyond, uh, but here in America, Juicy Fruit is the go-to gum, I guess. <laughs> wow, yeah. So... There you go. For it not to be a bubble gum, uh, it's... You Know and and I guess you know it's it's been around for over a hundred years, so that that's something. So, yeah, yeah and juicy fruit for me. This is the first thing, first time I'm hearing the pineapple and banana thing. I did not know that's the way they market I it. I just
2: thought they threw like a bunch of fruit in there and said, Hey, it's juicy fruit, you know.
1: So, let's do your you've promised us an extensive honorable mention list. You know what? Let me do my honorable mention list, okay? Get that out of the way because there's you know, uh, I don't have probably nearly as many as you. To Seinfeld, there's an episode called The Hamptons. where
2: That's good with the lobster.
1: Where they go, the, yeah. the lobster. With the shrinkage. And, <laughs> it's a shrinkage. How do you guys walk around with those things? Uh, so, yeah, they, they they actually go on kind of a field trip, if you will, and um, hilarity ensues. Uh, there was a show, another uh, Ricky Gervais show called Extras. Yes. And there's an episode where Daniel Ratcliffe from the- um, Harry Potter? Harry Potter thing he is there, uh, and I don't remember what the show was, but he's a boy scout or something. And he is just the nastiest human being ever. Uh, and it's, it's so funny to see him play against type, uh, and just uh, oh, so awful. And with all of Ricky Gervais, he's the original office creator for, uh, in, in England. Okay. And then the show was adopted here in the U.S. So it's always this uncomfortable, cringeworthy stuff. Um, my other honorable mention, The Architect by Barney Miller. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you remember that. I don't that. know if I saw that. Wajahowicz them. and, and um, there's a, a kind of a hostage situation. Um, but uh, it's, it's interesting to watch the two. You know, Wajahowicz was always kind of, Barney was his mentor. So it's, it's interesting to see in this episode how that develops and he kind of becomes his own steps under uh, the tutelage of, of Barney. Uh, but uh, talking about Curb, uh, there's an episode called The Doll. I remember that one, yeah. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, do you remember Martin the, the t- when Gina's head gets stuck? Oh, with uh, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's on there. The Chinese restaurant from Seinfeld the whole episode is them waiting yeah, to waiting, be seated yeah, yeah. and at the very end they leave and it's like their table is finally ready uh and then finally uh shits creek the incident episode where david uh it talks about his bed yes and, yeah and everything uh so Those are my honorable mentions. Jim, what do you got?
2: All right. From all in the family, the Draft Dodger, which was a Christmas episode, which was more kind of drama that was comedy, but so powerful and probably the best acting ever I've seen by a human being in Carol O'Connor as Archie Bunker. Turkeys Away, the classic Thanksgiving episode from WKRP in Cincinnati where they drop turkeys. Uh, out of a helicopter thinking they could fly, and the great line from that with uh, Gordon Jump, as God is my witness. As I, God is my I, witness. I thought turkeys could fly. Yes. Uh, from the office, the Dundees, the first one with the Ping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And the carpet from the office where someone takes a dump on Michael's carpet and he tries to figure out the episode <laughs> who did it. Um, the Honeymooners, the golfer, the famous episode with the dress the ball, with Ed Norton trying to teach uh, Jackie Gleason how to golf. The Odd Couple, Password episode, and the Flying Felix as he flies on an airplane for the first time. Uh, Like you mentioned, I Love Lucy. The Lucy Does a Commercial. Mary Tyler Moore Show. This is on top of a lot of people's lists. A lot of which me, chuckles, bites the dust where the clown, uh, famous clown, dies and everybody's laughing about it, making jokes the entire week. And Mary Taylor Moore's being the, you know, being the strict, you know, you you, you can't can't do that. That's disrespectful. She ends up cracking up at the funeral. Uh, The contest from Seinfeld, like you mentioned, the entire first season of the show Soap could have been on this list. Parks and Recreation, End of the World, where they think the end of the world's coming, and uh, Andy is also checking off his uh, bucket list. Huh. Uh, and Harvest Festival, where they say there's a curse over the festival, and they have that funny uh, uh, video with the uh, with the Indian uh, there playing off, uh, kind of playing, like he says in the episode, playing off to the dumb white people. <laughs> uh, what We Do in the Shadows, Colin's promotion and ghosts. And Happy Days, a date with Fonzie, the first uh, arrival of Laverne and Shirley. Cruising, where they make the bet about they can pick up girls and someone has to run around Arnold's in their underwear. And the dance contest one, which is famously seen in the Weezer video, where Fonzie does oh, the yeah. Russian dance yeah. and, and wins that at the end. And finally, the Howdy Doody show, which is an early episode where Richie has to get a school scoop and tries to get a picture of Clarabelle the Clown without his makeup on. And he gets a picture of Clarabelle the Clown without his makeup and without his pants on. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, But the funny thing about that episode is Richie has to join a Howdy doody lookalike contest with a bunch of kids, and he's on the show. So, a uh, multi layered show. All right. So, you want to do your number one, and we'll. Uh... Well,
1: I, I realized I've got a gum that still needs to, to be mentioned. So,
2: do I? We're not. Oh,
1: okay. We no. haven't done the gum yet. You want to do the gum yet? You want to do the gum first, or. We can
2: do the gum first and okay. come back since we've talked extensively about okay. episodes. So, what's your number one gum? It is big. League chew, all right. A bubble gum that was put in a foil pouch for those who wanted us to, to uh, future baseball players who want to look cool and to uh, uh, act like we're chewing tobacco like the big league players out there. Is it still around? It, yeah, it was okay. shredded up, and then like I said about eating the whole package, oh, okay. sometimes you end up eating the whole package because you just keep on putting that wads in your mouth because you want to look cool, yeah, and like, it's
1: shredded, so yeah, and it's, it's you're it not was, unwrapping it.
2: It was created by Portland Mavericks left hand pitcher Rob Nelson and Bat oh, Boy wow. Todd Field, and you can actually see this story in I think it's called the Battered uh, the Battered Bastards of Baseball, a Netflix documentary on the Portland Mavericks is very good. They're owned by Kurt Russell's dad, and Kurt Russell was on the team too. They were a minor league team, but. Uh, huh. I know that Todd Field he
1: probably, I mean these guys so pick, the the thing is about the team, and as a side note, they talk about they did they Chew. talk about how they So there's not a documentary. No, about no, Big I wish Lee there was. Chew. but they pitched it to uh,
2: Wrigley Company and uh, you know, it's imitation chewing tobacco, and you can't beat this as a kid, just putting the whole wad in your mouth came in. Bubblegum was the original flavor, but they have grape
1: and other things too. So Big League Chew is my number one. All right, uh, so mine. Uh, this bubble gum was packaged in a red, white, and blue color scheme and originally sold for one penny shortly after world war two. Uh, so about 75 years ago, bazooka, bazooka Joe. And, and you, you mentioned bazooka Joe. Yeah. I had to bite my, my tongue and not say, <laughs> that's my know. number
0: one. That's my number one.
1: Uh, so it, it had a comic. It was made by a company in Brooklyn tops, uh, in New York and, in the '50s, they started to to put the comic strips in there, f- featuring the character Bazooka Joe. There's over 1,500 Bazooka Joe comic strip wrappers to collect. Yeah, so that's become kind of become a thing to was, get. Did they
2: ever answer the question why his friend had a eye patch, or was it Bazooka Joe who had the eye patch? I don't know which one.
1: Uh, I don't think that was ever addressed. Okay. Um, i want a backstory and and, (laughs) you know what is it 1530 comics they didn't they never did it you know never addressed it yeah so but uh bazooka that's my number one number one so we're done with the gum my
2: number one comes from a show that's never jump the shark at least according to the jump the shark book it is the odd couple With, uh, of course, Tony Randall and Jack Klugman as Oscar and Felix. (laughs) And the episode is (laughs) The Odd Monks from uh, Season 3. And sadly, this is one of those episodes, for some reason, that on all the streaming sites, they don't have. I don't know if it's a music issue or something, but uh, basically, uh, Oscar's beat, Felix's beat. At the front door arrives a monk asking for donations and says, you should come up for the weekend and relax at the monastery. So they go up there, of course, Oscar's board ends up making uh, dice out of a sugar cube (laughs) uh, and starts throwing dice. So basically, both of them, uh, you know, uh, he's the gambler, and Felix actually thinks on Oscar. So they have to be silent for 24 hours and they have to get up early to break the bread. So it leads to this whole funny scenario. Where they get three strikes against them, they're kicked out of the monastery. So you have them break, baking bread and each trying to trick each other into speaking this whole way through. <laughs> so it's um,
1: one of those episodes. I don't, I, I don't remember this one, but I oh. did love that show.
2: Oh, yeah. This yeah. one, uh, <laughs> it's sad that this episode is not available because every time I look, see like it's on Hulu or stuff, I was like,
1: is it, it you know? But, is it going to be this episode? Yeah, yeah.
2: But The Odd Monks is definitely my, my favorite episode of all time as far as.
1: Uh, Do you think maybe there's a. Like
2: it's. I don't Some kind of anti monk. I don't know, thing. but they, they, it's funny they have these little chalkboards on there that uh, they have to wear around their neck, and when, yeah. they, when they speak, the the Richard Stahl, who plays the head monk just comes out and puts a, like a mark on them. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's very well done. The show, like I said, never jumped the shark, and uh, these two together, you know, no offense against uh, Jack Klugman, uh, Jack uh, Lemon, and Walter Matthau. To me,
1: this is the outcome. Yeah, this was, uh, and we've actually talked about this show before. Uh, this is how I came to know it. So the movie version, uh, is kind of secondary. Well, it was to, kind of disappointing when
2: I saw the movie version after watching this. Cause like, well, where's the funny, you know, where's the, you know, the, the Felix character played by Jack Lemmon was just kind of crying all the time. It was almost, almost more, yeah. uh, more yeah, Tony Randall uh,
1: made this his annoying
2: his than actually funny. To me, yeah. you know, sorry, fans of Jack Lemmon. But yeah. uh, on to your number one episode of all time. So
1: you mentioned this in your honorable mention. It is Turkeys Away, WKRP in Cincinnati, 1978. Yeah, This is the, the one where they dropped the turkeys. Uh, so it was a very, I feel, underrated sitcom about a small-time oh, yeah. radio station in Cincinnati. And uh, this episode, you, you have the wonderful Gordon Jump um, <laughs> playing Mr. Carlson. He kind of feels left out by all the recent changes going on. So he's going to do his own promotion, Thanksgiving promotion. Yes, yeah. And Herb and, and Les, they're they're off camera at the promotion spot and a parking lot at a mall. Okay. Uh, it was a mall, right? A, it's kind of like a shopping center yeah, mall. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A small mall. And Carlson has rented a helicopter uh, pilot to have this these turkeys dropped from the sky. From the only yeah. problem, they don't fly. And so uh, Les Nessman, played by Richard Sanders, he does this narration, and it's actually funnier because you don't see it. First of all, yes, they didn't uh, for budget purposes. They didn't have to rent a helicopter, and just the gruesome. I don't know how they would have filmed it, but well, I mean, the N- funny thing is Nesman, It it sounds like he's watching the Hindenburg. Well, that's the thing. It's a takeoff
2: of the Hindenburg when he says all the
1: humanity. You know, yeah. I mean,
2: because as a kid, <laughs> my brother had the actual record of the Hindenburg. Broadcast, so I was pretty familiar with that when he said, Oh, the humanity, just kind of that was the capper. It's so
1: great! But it, it kind of reminds me, I know you're a big Bob Newhart fan. Uh, whenever he would have his button down, um, album, button down mind albums, yeah, where it, he would play a newscaster. Now, his was very much more deadpan, but he would play a newscaster describing crazy, crazy things. Uh, but yeah, you said it before as God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. You know, he's so disgusted with (laughs) himself. Such a classic line. Uh, But brilliantly done. And what's funny is this episode, again, it came out in uh, 78, 79. I still think about this every time we approach the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving, season. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: And I just, I haven't seen it in years. It's probably the most famous Thanksgiving episode. I know Cheers had one that people like where they all got together and had a food fight. But, for This one for, for, for me, it would be it's definitely, just hilarious. Hands down, yeah. number one Thanksgiving episode oh, for sure. Turkeys away, turkeys away. So, I guess let's move on here at the end of the show now to gum to see where we are first because we got some different things going on with the uh
1: the sitcoms. We knew there were well, we so, got, m- there was we so many two. sitcoms, yeah. Uh, also, um, uh, I didn't really write an honorable mention, but you remember Bubble Tape. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, they still sell that. It's kind of the same flavor as the big league chew. Yeah. A different Uh, way to dispense the gun. Yeah. Instead of having it shredded it it comes like tape. Yeah. Like you're a carpenter or something.
2: (laughs) I don't know if you measure anything with the tape.
1: Here's a licorice hammer, you know.
2: (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, so Fruit Stripe and Juicy Fruit are in.
1: It's just a matter of. So we got Chicklets, Bubble Yum, uh, Extra. I didn't put sugar free, but we yeah that's we understand. Freshen Fresh up, up yeah. Big League Chew and Bazooka. Hmm, it's tough.
2: Well, I, let's put the two number ones in there: Big League Chew and Bazooka, okay. and then we have to figure out the other one.
1: One more. Yes.
2: Uh, Freshen up is now dead. Extra
1: is kind of boring because it's sugar free.
2: Bubble Yum or Chiclets? You you should choose. Bubble Yum or Chiclets?
1: Well, I'm I would go Chiclets only because. It, it's the one that kind of started it's, the party it's a different presentation of gum too it's in a kind of like a little tab tablet. yeah, yeah. yeah okay. you don't you don't unwrap it uh in the same way so that okay. sounds good well that was easy now this is the tougher part this is no matches on this one <laughs>
2: yeah yeah we, I, I mentioned there was a couple matches so um Some
1: Palestine chicken Palestinian chicken, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Palestinian chicken. Uh, The Lucy Commercial, $99,000 answer. Dinner Party, The Producer on Gilligan's Island. Everyone Finds Out on Friends. Mr. Personality on Taxi. Seinfeld, The Contest. Odd Monks from The odd Odd Couple. Yeah. And Turkey's Away. I will give you pretty much anything... Provided turkeys away makes it because that- well, let's put our
2: let's put put our number one in there the odd monks and the turkey and it was very close with the odd monks and password because Password's such a great uh, episode too with the uh, you know uh, the, the keyword I think with the password was Lincoln and Felix says mayonnaise man <laughs> everybody knows that was his favorite condiment <laughs> uh, so the sign Seinfeld's the contest and the Lucy thing were both on my honorable mention so you could pick one of those
1: oh. Uh, I have to choose between those. I would do Lucy just because it's such a classic. Classic, yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: okay. Um, so we have Lucy,
1: Odd Monks, and Turkeys Away, the, the comedy of Larry David. Either the Palestinian chicken or well, the, the contest, contest was on my because that is a different type of sitcom.
2: Yeah, that was on my uh, that was on my honorable mention. So you can put the contest in okay. there. Okay, uh, it was so tough. Maybe The Office because it's like mockumentary. Type thing. And it's, it's kind of later. We have classic TV represented three times. I'm good for whatever. Yeah. And we, uh, so yeah, so just do dinner party. So we have okay. Lucy commercial, dinner party, Seinfeld the contest, Odd Monks, and Turkeys Away
1: for right. our sitcom episodes. That is a good thing to send to the future. That is. And, I feel uh, good about that
2: once again, if you want to check out, we actually have a best sitcoms of the seventies episode and we have a best, uh, Gilligan's Island <laughs> episode, uh, for crispy coated yeah. robots. If you want to check out both of those, if you really like the, our TV talk here, if you want to check out anything else, our album reviews and much, much more, crispycoatedrobots.com. Are you ready to shoot this thing up? Yeah, shoot it up and then it gets dug in the ground. I don't understand it. Got okay,
1: you got that. Give me the shovel, go and remember. There's always tomorrow, or is there?